What do you actually pay attention to as you listen to a song? Like what, what's going on in your head? Let's, let's break it down. Hi, welcome to the Be Here podcast, where we talk about how we can live more mindfully by living more musically. My name is Brian Royce, and this is where I share my journey with music and mindfulness. Welcome back to our second episode. Today, we're going to be talking a bit about curiosity and how being a curious musical listener can help you to live a more mindful life. But before we jump in, again, wherever you are, please just pause and take two deep breaths with me. Again, you don't need to change anything about what you're doing or how you're positioned. Just inhale slowly and observe the feeling of air moving through your nose or mouth, down your windpipe, through your lungs, and feel your belly expand. Just observe the feeling of where your body makes contact with any surface. That might be the floor, it might be the chair, it might be anything your body is touching really. And observe any sounds that spring up around you without any judgment. I'm glad that you've chosen to be here. Honestly, I kind of just have to laugh for a second because, as I said, without any judgment, the dogs outside started barking and I just got instantly enraged and I was like, oh, not now, but we're here. We're mindful. Anyways, today we're talking about what it means to listen curiously to music and how we can transfer those skills to living a more mindful life. So here's the order of today's episode. First, we're going to talk about when you listen to music, what should you listen for? Second... We're going to actually try it out. Um, We're going to try out a curious musical listening exercise with an example. I'm going to play a piece of a little um, beat that I made and I'm going to, we're going to talk about how many unique sounds you can notice in there. And number three, what all of this means for mindfulness practice, right? So let me start by asking you a question. When you, would you say that when you listen to music, do you spend most of your musical listening time listening to songs that you already know and love or new songs you've never heard before? Like when you jump onto Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or wherever you get music from, Deezer, I don't know. Um, do you pull up like a brand new playlist that you've never listened to before and just go with the flow? Or do you like look up your playlist, like the songs that you like to listen to um, and that sort of it? I mean, I feel like it's a mix of both for most people. Um, I'm actually curious to hear your results. I don't know, maybe I should like put up a poll on IG or something, Twitter. Um, yeah, maybe I will. And just go there and, and let me know once this episode comes out. I, I personally, I feel like I rank in the minority here because I feel like I spend most of my musical listening time listening to like brand new songs that I've never heard before. And I don't know. I don't know why. I just love the feeling of like listening and not knowing what's about to happen next and just like going for the ride, you know? Like, personally, I never really grew up with music just playing around my house. So my musical listening journey didn't really start until, like, I got to college um, at, like, the ripe old age of 18 years old. Um, And boy, did I just get thrown in there into the world of music. Um, And I feel like I'm just, like, on a roller coaster, right? And I just haven't gotten off. It's like my my seatbelt is stuck, but, like, I'm here for the ride. Um, Like, I'm talking in college, it was, like you know, jazz, a lot of classical influences. My acapella group did a lot of Motown stuff. Um, listened to a lot of like rock, pop, even like K-pop. I had never listened to a single K-pop song before. Um, Latin music, not really much folk music in there, but like a lot of Afrobeat when I was in South Africa. 
Um, and I think that's kind of what influenced my curious um, musical listening ear today. But Brian, what does that all mean? Like, what does it mean to be a curious musical listener? To me, it just means that I like to listen with a clean slate and see what's there, you know? And the thing is that, like, the act of listening curiously takes kind of a bit of practice, not gonna lie. Because have you ever asked yourself, like, when you listen to music, what are you actually listening for? What do you actually pay attention to as you listen to a song? Like, what what's going on in your head? Well, great question. I'm glad you asked, Brian. <laughs> let's, let's break it down. First, I kind of want to ask you, what are the different qualities of sound in general that can be noticed, right? You know, for colors, it's easy. You have like, you have, sorry, for vision, it's easy. You have like colors and textures and shadows and light. But for music, um, it's kind of a bit, kind of a bit more vague. So let me, let me think about it this way. The first thing you should consider is, is there a sound, right? Because in music, the absence of a sound is just as much like a part of the music to be noticed as the presence of a sound, right? Again, like shout out to the Be Here cover logo, right? Which is a musical symbol that indicates a rest or a silence. Music is just as much about the absence of sound as it is the presence of sound. Anyway, I feel like that was a tangent. Okay, back on track. Let's picture this. Picture you're waking up in a nice little outdoor cottage. You know, you're just beside the beach and you hear the sound of the waves as they, they wake you up in the morning. Um, and as you notice the sound, here are some things you might ask yourself. First of all, what direction is the sound coming from, right? I think it's kind of cool. Hearing it really gives you a good sense of like where sound is. How far away is the sound? Like, is it close? Are you right up against the, the beach? How loud or how soft is it? Is there a pitch involved in the sound that's like a note, like a doo or something, or like, is it just a shh, which I guess there's pitches in there too. Is there any established rhythm or pattern? Um, is there like consistency to the waves? How would you describe the quality or the timbre of that sound? And for how long does that sound stay there before it disappears, right? Because it comes and goes. That's just the nature of sound. It doesn't stay there. And also you could ask yourself, is there sort of any emotional urgency to the sounds that you're hearing? Maybe there's like a sudden shout for help on the beach or like a sudden crash that you weren't expecting. And now adrenaline is coursing through your veins because you're like, what the hell just happened? Honestly, I feel like a lot of us take for granted just how much information you get about the world just from sounds alone, right? All right, let's say the sound isn't just a sound now, but it's music. Let's graduate to music. That is, again, referencing the last episode, it has three main components. That's rhythm, um, which is just the um, establishment of pitch throughout time. Number two is pitch, and number three is expression. Now, I think of these three categories, if you will, as building on the various qualities of sound that I just talked about. Um, and it helps me to think about music in a, in a more organized um, way. So let's set the scene for a sec. Let's pretend that you're going to like a big band jazz concert. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these, but if you have the opportunity, you definitely should. One of the more impactful music listening experiences for me in my life, for sure. And you're, let's say you're in this giant concert hall. Um, you look around and on stage there's a piano, you know, a rhythm section, like there's the saxophones, trombones, violinists, the flutists. Um, and let's say like a jazz vocalist steps forward and is about to begin a piece. Um, and you hear the tss, 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 
tempo sort of kick things off. And that gets me thinking in terms of tempo first. So first of all, I think of the rhythm as sort of the floor that the music is standing on, the container that holds the song. Without that, you're not, there is no real music in, in my opinion. So what's the tempo? Is it fast? Is it slow? What's the beats per minute here? How many beats in a bar? Is it 4-4? Four, four? Is it 3-4? That means, are there four beats in a bar or is it more three beats in a bar? For example, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, versus like a one, two, three, one, two, three. Different feeling to each of those. Do you pick out any distinct rhythms that the instruments are doing? Jazz loves a lot of like um, staccato playing and a lot of syncopated beats on walking bass lines. And that's sort of what I lump together as the rhythm or the floor that, we're, that the music is sitting in um, or standing on. Now, in terms of pitch, for me, the melody stands out first. So I ask myself, what's the emotional story arc that the melody is taking me on? For example, does it start out low and then build to like a really high crescendo and come back down? Um, pitch also encapsulates the chords. What is the emotional color of the piece? And you don't need any fancy jazz terminology here to be like, oh, it's an A minor, um, sharp 13, whatever. Just ask yourself sort of like, what's the feeling tone? Is it a bright feeling of bright chord or is it more dark and contemplative for example and to take things one step further in terms of expression i like to think of expression um, as not just what is being played but how is it being played what are the dynamics does it start off really delicately and then build to something a bit more intense or aggressively um, we can also ask about the timbre of like the singer's voice does he or she have like a really raspy sultry voice or is it more bright and pure all of these things go into um, the expression. But when I'm actually listening to a song, it helps me to do like a little frequency scan. So like I start listening to the lower frequencies. What is the bass line doing? And then build from there. What is the main voice doing? What are the higher violins doing? Is there anything in the background? I scan the frequencies from low to high and just see what's there. Okay, so let's transition to this little curious listening exercise, right? I'm gonna play just a short segment of a beat that I put together from some samples on the internet. And I want you to, to just count and make a mental note of how many unique bits of sound information you can pick out, right? So for example, what, what drums do you hear? Do you hear like a keyboard? Is there any like harmony? Is there any like um, a synth going on? All of that, make a mental note. And afterwards we're gonna isolate them and just see how well you did. All right, uh, let's go. Okay, I hope you had fun doing that. Let's break it down, listen to it, and see what was actually in there. So 
If you listen closely, you might have heard, you know, initially it's kind of mid-tempo in the vibe. It's, it's definitely in 4-4 time signature, so that's four beats to a bar if you count one, two, three, four. You hear the, these distorted keys at the start and this spaced out snare pattern. And there's also this sort of like higher-pitched tom sound, which sort of is just like a going on. Um, you, then the bass kicks in, right? And you hear the strong like duh, 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 one, two, three going on. There's a strong kick drum in the background and you almost hear like this marching band um, snare pattern going on. There's also this snare clap that sounds like it goes shh and it goes, it pans from left to right. So that's the direction coming in again. Um, and it's very reverby, you know? On the transition moments, you'll hear like a hiss, like a shh. Um, and a lot of like fast hi-hats going on. Um, you'll probably also notice this pulsating synth that feels like it's going from left to right. If you're listening with headphones, you pick that up. Um, which again is that direction. Um, music is playing with your sense of direction there, with panning. You'll hear this melody line played by the synth keys. You'll also hear some chimes going on in the background, right? Um, and then eventually towards the end, everything sort of cuts away and you just hear the drum pattern with the kick and snare and the hi-hats continue with just the stripped back piano. And every now and again, you'll hear like, like a little stick sound, like a not really a snap, but it's sort of a higher frequency percussion thing that's reverberating in the back. And maybe I missed some stuff in there, but that's sort of my best attempt to capture all that was in there. Um, and it was it was a lot, right? And no, I, what I find is that being a curious musical listener keeps you open to all of those stuff. And I, from a musician's perspective as well, um, it helps to bear in mind, like, what do you want the listener to experience? What do you want, like the listener to focus on um, and so as as a musician who makes music that's another side of the coin that you have to consider that your listeners are not always going to notice every single detail but it's more about like the vibe that you're creating um, I don't know how you would have described that vibe you know how it how it sounded on a big picture scale um, because that's really just as important as like the nitty-gritty details because these details are just like the granular bits of sound information that make this this broader tapestry of of feeling and sound um, and that's really what's important okay so number three how does all of this connect to mindfulness right listening curiously means being open to what's there in the music and part of mindfulness at least in my mindfulness journey has been learning to listen curiously to what's here you know when i sit down to just be alone with my body and mind what's here when I give myself the space to breathe and just observe my breathing, you know, the various sensations going on in your body, the thoughts and emotions that inevitably spring up, they're gonna spring up. It helps to approach my practice um, with that same sense of curiosity, you know? In mindfulness, look, you can only really pay attention to like six things. So it's it's a lot, the, the list is a lot less exhaustive than what I just went through with, with all that musical mumbo jumbo. But six things, right? You have five senses, and I'm going to lump thoughts and emotions as number six. I'm grouping them together because technically your emotions at least can are, are just thoughts with some physical sensation to them. You can feel your emotions in your body sometimes. So that's sight, sound, sensation in your body. So think like pressure, temperature, etc. Um, smell, taste, although maybe less often if you're just sitting in your room by yourself, you're not tasting anything. Go brush your teeth. If you haven't brushed your teeth yet, go brush your teeth. And number six, thoughts and feelings. 
So being curious about the present moment means that as you breathe in and out, ask yourself, what, is it, what does it feel like to breathe? Be curious about the feeling of air moving through. You know, when you're silent, what do you hear? In your environment, even inside my body, when I put in my headphones and like put on noise canceling mode, I can hear my heartbeat. Um, and that's kind of cool. And you know, you know, to just sit down and, and listen to your body, literally. Um, and can you try and bring your attention to any other sounds like in your body, maybe your stomach is grumbling and as well bring a sense of curiosity to the feeling of like your body in space. This your, There's a sense called your stereotactic um, sense, which is your sense of body in space. What does that feel like? What does it feel like to actually have a body or, or be in a body or, or be a body, depending on how you think about this philosophical question. Um, and, you know, all of the things that go into like what temperature is your environment? What, what senses of pressure, internal or external, do you feel? And it's, it's important to keep that sense of curiosity when emotions come up too, right? You, I, I leave room for them to just sit there and be here too, in, again, a non-judgmental way. Observe where you feel them in your body and return your attention time and time again to your breath. And you'll notice that just like snippets of sounds in a song, thoughts and strong emotions will show up like out of nowhere. You'll notice them for a while, hopefully with curiosity and not judgment, and then they'll subside. They'll just go away. Kind of like clouds in the sky, just like rolling over the hills. You'll you'll observe you'll see a cloud and then after you look at it for long enough, it will just disappear. It will just, you know, ev evaporate. Um and sometimes sometimes emotions might be strong, you know, just like when a loud sound might demand your attention. Um, or an immediate action. There are some thoughts that will cross your mind that make you feel like, oh, I have to do this right now with a sense of urgency. Um, but in your practice, at least for me, um, the lesson has just been learning to be like, not now. I'm going to come back to my breath. I'm going to put that thought aside for now. And it will have its time and place to be dealt with. But the, the practice is bringing my attention back to what's going on right here and now. Speaking personally, a huge part of my own mindfulness journey has been allowing myself to make space for difficult thoughts and emotions without getting caught up in them or identifying with them, but instead to just be present with them until they subside, you know, and, and the music comes to an end figuratively. But over time, I've become better at being able to just notice them, you know, with the same objective approach that I would say, listen to like trumpets in a pop song, right? There are trumpets. There is anxiety or there is a feeling of um, sadness. It's, I am not trumpets. You know, I am not anxiety. I'm not identifying with the emotion that feels like it's consuming me, even if it's a very loud emotion. Um, but just notice that the sound of trumpets and the feeling of anxiety. Put some distance between you and what emerges in your mind in the same way um, that you're not judging the sounds that show up in a song right? That, that's, look, that's not to say you can just breathe your issues away, right? I don't want to sound overly simplistic or reductive, um, you know, it's especially in the very real and difficult experiences that a lot of us go through. Mental health, mental illness is a very complex, complicated landscape to navigate, and we're all still very much learning about it. But this practice of mindfulness can be a useful tool to give yourself space, a non-judgmental space, to scope out 
whatever rocky terrain for yourself that your own mental health journey might look like and make the best decisions for you. You've heard it said, you know, that famous quote that like all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone, right? And that's kind of true because a lot of us don't create the time or space to observe and, and just be here with um, the sounds, the thoughts, the emotions, the feelings that are coming up in your body. And that translates in negative ways into other parts of your life. Um, I personally have found that being cultivating this space of mindfulness has allowed me to be more mindful in interactions with other people, um, where I get to step back and identify the emotions and thoughts as they spring up. And so in so doing, I'm less reactive and more, I feel like I'm more um, choosing what I, what I, what, my, what, choosing my actions instead of simply just reacting. If you're listening and you've never tried mindfulness meditation, you should just try it and use your curious musical listening skills that you've gained from this episode to bring curiosity to your practice of listening to your body and mind. And if you are a regular mindfulness meditator, then great. Take this as your encouragement to keep practicing, keep being intentional about using your breath to tie you to the here and now, the present moment. I feel like the featured song of the week just has to be a Jacob Collier song, right? I mean, we're talking about curiosity. So the featured song of the week is Hideaway by Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier. Jacob, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I still haven't learned how to pronounce your last name. So go, go listen to that song. Go check it, check it out and see how many of like the hundreds of layers of sounds you can pick out. It will be a fun exercise. And, and Jacob's favorite saying is follow the goosebumps. And I feel like that's such an apt way to end this episode on curiosity because that's what makes listening to music so fun and making music so much fun. Following the goosebumps, following your curiosity and just having a good time with it. That's what it's all about. So remember to follow the podcast on whichever major platforms you get your podcasts on. Please reach out to me on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on TikTok, at Brian Royce, that's Brian with a Y. I would love to hear your comments and feedback on the podcast. And it would also make me super happy if you'd like to keep up with my journey as a musician by streaming my music on all major music platforms. And again, connecting with me. I'm here for the actual engagement with you guys. Like I would love to connect with you in a real way. If you think there's someone I should invite onto the podcast who you know has something to contribute around musicality or mindfulness living, please don't hesitate to reach out. Like, let's go. I love chatting with new people, especially people with fresh perspectives. So as you move through the day, remember to be here and be mindful of where your attention's at. Make it good. Make it groovy. Catch you next time on the Be Here podcast.